It's great to be back on Search the Scriptures today with all of our listeners. We appreciate so much you tuning in. We appreciate your presence in this program and studying with us right from God's Word. And we hope that you are benefiting greatly on a personal level by doing so. Our prayer is that you're growing spiritually as you're learning the Word better. And our prayer certainly is that as you listen to us each day here on Search the Scriptures, that you are learning the Word better. We pray that God is being glorified as we try to help all of our listeners understand his teachings communicated to us in his word in scripture on a daily basis. And as you grow, grow in your knowledge of God's word, then again, our prayer is that you're growing closer to God and that you'll be equipped to make that right decision as to what you're going to do about following God, God's way. Great to be here today with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. It's certainly my pleasure to be with you on the program today, and I would like to extend a welcome also to those listening. We're certainly pleased you've tuned in to Search the Scriptures, and we pray that this time will benefit you. As you mentioned, Gary, we anticipate our listeners coming closer to God, and certainly that's a scriptural concept. You know, James told us in his writings, uh, specifically in chapter 4, verse 8, that if we draw near to God, he in turn will draw near to us. So certainly, that's an endeavor that all of us need to be embarking upon, upon uh, this earthly life. Amen. We, we're here in this world on a temporary basis, mm -hmm. and we need to recognize that. Yes, we do. And I know that many people, they might think when they're in their teens and 20s mm -hmm. and 30s, they might feel like, you know, life's just going to go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. But as they get older, when they get in their 50s and 60s and 70s, you can talk to anybody and they'll, who, who have experienced those particular periods of their life and they can say, you know, life is just flying by. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it seemed for me that way once I got past 21. Mm. For some reason, it seemed mm -hmm. like once I hit 21, things dragged until that, that period. And, and then once I was past 21, it seemed like Someone really turned the clock up, high speed, you know. <laughs> yes. We, we need to realize that eternity is what we ought to be looking toward. Mm -hmm. This life is brief, but eternity is forever. Yes. And we need to be preparing for that forever. Exactly. Dennis, we're talking about life, mm -hmm. and we're talking about life being worth living. Right. Pretty good study. Mm -hmm. In fact, an excellent study. We began to introduce this particular line of thought by talking about suicide and what mm -hmm. a horrible problem it has become in our country. That's right. Our society experiences suicide on an alarming basis. Yeah, it really does, Gary. And uh, for our listeners who may not have been with us at that time, statistics have pointed out that in this country alone, and we're not talking about anywhere else in the world, but just this country there's a suicide attempt every 38 seconds. Not all of those are successful. No, they're but not. But the attempts are made. Right. And, and as we've also indicated, I suspect it's a whole lot more than that. Those that go unreported. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And there are some times, perhaps, when people actually succeed in taking their lives, but those are interpreted in some other way and not really... Mm -hmm. uh, allocated as suicides. That can certainly happen. But the fact that suicide and attempted suicide is so prevalent 
that ought to be alarming to us because that indicates a despondency, a mm-hmm. an, an attitude, a feeling of forlorn, mm-hmm. you know, about life, giving up. Yes. It's an indication, I think, that many people view life as not being worth living. And how awful that is. Oh, it's terrible. You know, very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I don't believe God intended for us to feel that way about physical life. Oh, I'm sure that he didn't. Quite the opposite. So somewhere we miss it. Mm-hmm. And the key is we got to get back to where God intended for us mm-hmm. to be as we live this life. Mm-hmm. Our perspective needs to change. Mm-hmm. And of course, that obviously entails turning our perspective to spiritual values. Absolutely does. We need to focus on God. And once we can do that, life truly becomes worth living. It really does. Now, we're talking about life being worth living. Mm -hmm. And we have been looking at some basic principles to help us set our minds in this direction. Now, one of those is that we need to learn, and and we, we alluded to this particular line of thought just a moment ago, we need to learn to depend on God. That's exactly the case. If we think that we're big enough and bad enough, strong enough, self-sufficient enough, talented enough, smart enough to do it all by ourselves, mm-hmm. not only are we terribly misguided, mm-hmm. but we're moving down a course that is going to end in disaster for us. It really will, uh, because rather than depending upon God with someone who has a mindset like that, just the opposite occurs. God is pushed out of their lives, and there is no trust, there is no dependence upon the Heavenly Father whatsoever. And of course, when you push God out of your life, and all the trust, as you said, that that should be placed in him, you lose the greatest resource mm-hmm. for your life. Exactly. And for your happiness and fulfillment in life. That's right. Now, God created the heavens and the earth. He's the creator, Genesis 1 and verse 1. Mm-hmm. He created us special, didn't he? He really did. You know, we can read about the way he created all the creatures, the land creatures, the sea creatures, the creatures that fly. But man was totally different than any of those because man was created in God's own image and none of those other creatures were. So with a spiritual essence. Exactly. And as, that, as, as having that spiritual essence, he made us very unique. Yes, unique above every other creature. God, since he created us in his image, he cares for us in a special way. He certainly does. And he cares about what happens to us. Oh, absolutely. Now, he also demonstrated his love for mankind in the extraordinary way of sending his son to this world to die on our behalf. Yeah, and I think extraordinary is the right word to use there, Gary. It's just almost beyond something that we can describe as human beings. And I think it it certainly goes beyond what we can comprehend with our finite minds. You know, to realize that God loved us enough that he was willing to send Jesus Christ 
in the flesh to this world so that he could die for our sins is just, again, more than we can wrap our heads around. When you really stop and think about it, it's mind-boggling. It is. And but, yet, the scriptures abound in telling us that such is the case. Oh, yes. John three sixteen, one of the mm-hmm. most familiar passages in all of the Bible. Absolutely. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. Romans 5 and verse 8, God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, mm-hmm. Christ died for us. And yes. as you said, we could go on and on. We sure could. Now, God also demonstrated his love for us by sending Christ to the cross to die that torturous death. Mm-hmm. Not just that he sent him to this world, not just that he sent him to this world to die, Mm -hmm. but that he sent him to this world to die one of the most horrible deaths that man had devised at that particular time in history. Yes, and for the specific purpose of making an atonement for our sins. Absolutely. We needed his death on the cross. There's no way that we could have been reconciled to God, and of course we've spoken many times how Man has separated himself from God because of his sin. There's no way that we could have been reconciled to God or brought back into a proper relationship with him aside from the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf. That's right. Now, God cares for us then so much that he could send Jesus to die in our place. Mm Mm-hmm. Why would we place our trust and dependence in anyone else or anything else? You know, it doesn't make sense when you think about it, Gary, because no one or nothing has done for us what God has done through Christ. So ultimately, we need to come to the point, we need to reconcile our mind to the fact that we need to depend on God. Absolutely do. And we also, in depending on God, need to be willing to accept, at least to a great degree, our lot in life. That's right. Now, that doesn't mean we should not have some ambition to improve ourselves where that's possible and realistic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the opportunity is there. Mm -hmm. Not saying that at all. But we need to recognize, first, that we are guilty of sin. We are. And, you know, Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. We read some passages in Job where Job talks about how man is born for trouble. Yes. Job 5 and verse 7 being one of those. Yes. Kind of a startling statement. (laughs) And I don't think he's, I don't think he means there that man is born to get into trouble. No. You know, to be, be troublesome by nature, but mm-hmm. rather the trouble there, again, indicating difficulty, mm-hmm. you know, negative circumstances, mm-hmm. that's part of life. Yes, life is not always filled with pleasant things for us, even if we're living the Christian life. Yeah, the old cliche, life is not a bed of roses. <laughs> that's right. You know, that's true. Now, that's putting it mildly as well. Yes, it is. We need to recognize that because of sin, 
in the reality of the existence of mankind, there is all kinds of trouble out there mm-hmm. that confront us. That's right. And ultimately, the devil is behind that. He mm-hmm. is the tempter. Yes. And when we succumb to the temptation that he puts in front of us, then we're following his lead. That's right. So we need to recognize that we need God Mm -hmm. in our lives. We do, above all others. And there is no way to overcome the devil effectively and lastingly except through God. That's exactly right. You know, we said in the beginning of the program today, Gary, that God will draw near to us when we draw near to him, quoting from James 4, verse 8. But the verse before that in James 4, verse 7, tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from us. And of course, the way we do that, the way that we can effectively resist the devil is in drawing near to God. Walking with God. Exactly. Yes. And we need to be careful of the devil because there's nothing nice about him. Oh, no. He is our deadliest enemy. Absolutely. First Peter 5 and verse 8. Mm-hmm. He is seeking our destruction. Now, we need to recognize that we need to put ourselves to trying to develop, to the task, to the challenge of trying to develop our spiritual strength mm-hmm. with God's help and guidance. That's right. And it's a lot like you know, a, a, an athlete who tries to enhance his abilities, mm-hmm. strengthen his endurance, mm-hmm. hone his skills. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of going over things over and over and over again. That's right. And, you know, in reality, when an athlete undergoes a more rigorous course of training, they're glad about that because they realize it's better preparing them to be victorious when the actual competition takes place. Yes. If an athlete just took the path of least resistance and just laid out all the time, mm-hmm. he would not be effective. No. He would not be successful no, not in his at all. endeavor. No. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, what do we read there? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So trials produce patience? Yes. (laughs) You know, when we first read that second verse here in James chapter 1, Gary, I think it's, well, like I said earlier, a startling statement. You know, James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I wonder how many of us actually do that. Count it joy, you mean? Yes. We don't like trials, do we? (laughs) We don't like trials. No. You know, usually, and I'll speak from my own experience, quite the opposite happens. When trials come, it's more, oh, we bemoan it. And we may do more than just bemoan it. Mm -hmm. We may just outright clamor you know, yes. for deliverance from it. For, That's yeah, right. We may object in vociferous mm-hmm. terms. Why did this happen to me? I don't understand it. This isn't fair. Mm-hmm. And on and on and on. That's right. And yet, again, trial is part of life. It is. And if we stop at verse 2, we're not getting the whole picture. 
That's right. Because in verses 3 and 4, James actually tells us what the purpose of those trials should be if we meet them with the proper attitude. And that is, our faith will be tested, it will produce patience, it will be perfected and completed, and speaking from a spiritual standpoint, we will lack nothing. Yes. Now, you compared it, or we compared it to an athlete training mm-hmm. for his particular skill and sport. Mm-hmm. How many times do you suppose that Olympic runner who is participating in whatever racing event that you might want to think of, the 40-yard dash, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the race is, mm-hmm. uh, the hurdles, uh, you know, there are a number of those. How many times do you suppose he runs around the track and practices that particular race before he actually gets on the track and competes in the Olympic race itself? You know, I'm sure in trying to estimate that I'd be way off, but I'd have to say thousands of times. Oh, yes. Yes. And, you know, you made a point one time. Uh, about playing golf and you used to be you know a pretty accomplished golfer in your own right mm-hmm. years ago yes and you said that being skillful at playing golf mm-hmm. only comes about by hitting thousands and thousands of golf balls that's exactly right now if you're in my golfing shoes you hit thousands of golf balls into the water into the trees <laughs> <laughs> And you still have trouble learning, you know. But uh, yes. the point is, you just keep working mm-hmm. on the skill. Yes. And the same thing is true if you're playing basketball or football or soccer or mm-hmm. hockey or whatever the sport might be. That's right. Baseball. Mm-hmm. You keep how many how many pitches does a pitcher throw mm. before he actually gets into a game? Yeah, it's again something we probably couldn't calculate. And you, you know those batters are out there every single day before mm-hmm. the games mm-hmm. taking batting practice. Yes, they are. The fielders are, are fielding ground balls, fly balls. Mm-hmm. Just We might look at it and think that must get monotonous. Mm-hmm. But for them, it is, again, honing their craft. That's exactly right. And that's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. We need to practice at following God faithfully at Mm -hmm. being good, strong, dedicated Christians. Mm -hmm. And there's no way we can do that except getting into God's Word on a consistent basis. That's right. That's a must. And we have to make the proper application to what those scriptures teach Mm -hmm. to our daily lives. That's what we need to do. Exactly. Let's turn to 1 Peter 1 and verse 15. And we're talking here in this particular passage about a goal we should have as Christian people. Peter said, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. So certainly God is holy, Christ is holy, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit is holy. Mm -hmm. Now if we want to be with them forever and eternity, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to live holy lives. Yes, and the standard cannot be set any higher than that because as you mentioned we're talking about God we're talking about Christ and we're talking about the Holy Spirit they are our example and we cannot dumb down holiness can we not at all 
to suit ourselves and try to qualify ourselves. No. We've got to be holy as he is holy to the best of our ability and with his help. And of course, God does not expect anything of us that is impossible. That's right. He's not an unreasonable God. Mm -hmm. Now, recalling God's promised blessings, they might also help us to accept our our lot in life. If we can stop and remember, hey, God has blessed me a lot. That can help us when we're facing these challenging times. It absolutely can, Gary. And I think there are occasions when even as Christian people, we lose sight of those blessings, not just the ones that God has already bestowed upon us, as numerous as those are, but also the promises that we are looking forward to, not just in this life, but especially in the life to come. We've all heard of the exercise, you know, uh, you think you're, you think things are bad in life. You think things are stacked against you. You think everything's bad. Everything's down. Everything's negative. Sit down on a piece of paper, make a ledger, draw a line down the middle, two columns, one column, list all those bad things you can think of that are going on in your life. Mm-hmm. The other column list all of the blessings that you can that you can think of that mm-hmm. you have experienced in your life. Right. Now compare the two columns. Mm-hmm. And invariably, the column with all the blessings will far surpass the column with all of the negatives, the problems, the complaints, the disasters, all of those things. Yes, as long as we're honest in putting the blessings down, that's exactly right. Honesty is important, isn't it? It is. When Jesus was was instructing in the, in the Sermon on the Mount on the necessities of life and what our attitude should be and about those, those necessities, he came down and kind of summed up to a great extent in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 what our focus should be. What is that? He said, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So, We've got to put God in proper perspective. Exactly. Seek God first, mm-hmm. not second, third, or fourth, but first in our lives. Mm-hmm. And then the promise is from Jesus that all these things will be added unto us. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the abundance that we might think we deserve or that we would like, but sufficient to our needs. Absolutely. And... We do need to be careful there, as you pointed out very clearly. Jesus is speaking about the needs of life, not the wants or the desires. Or the luxuries. Or the luxuries. Yes. Well, you know, we've got to stop here. Our time is just about out, so we need to park a little bit here, come back, and in our next program, pick up on this study, continue on with it. We hope that we are stimulating our listeners to think about these matters in their own lives. Mm -hmm. And we hope that as you contemplate where you're at, where your life is at, whether you are in despair or whether you are pretty upbeat, we hope that you're thinking about what is the key? What is the the real uh, secret? And it should not be a secret to my living my life in happiness, in joy, in hope. And that, that ultimately has to be and only can be through Jesus Christ. If you'll contact us and ask for it, we'll send you a free Bible study 
and you can learn how to find that joy and happiness, that fulfillment that can only be had by being in a right relationship with your Lord and Savior. We hope to hear from you today.